Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. And so, the blue machine gathers pace as our near-perfect start to the Premiership season continues. With a comfortable win over Aston Villa on Saturday, Jose's been sitting sit at the top of the table having just dropped two points after a young and promising English looking English midfielder came off the bench at the Etihad a week or so ago to deny us a win against Manchester City. We have advanced to the fourth round of the Bad Deck Cup with a glamour tie against Shrewsby, who frankly are Welsh and they know they are. Joining me, Deck Kaiser or Johnny as I'm otherwise known to ponder recent events and well whatever has caught our eye in the last three weeks since we've been away are Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. Garosa Jack, who is Tony. Uh, good evening. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> wakey, wakey. Technology come on, sharpen live, up. Sharpen live. Up. <laughs> the, sound, the sound lag from deepest Hampshire is something chronic, isn't it? Terrible. So they've um, only got two, two baked bean cans and a bit of string. There we go. And for his second appearance on the Podding Shed, proving that we have plenty of quality off the bench, Mr Clayton Beerman on Goalie59, as he is otherwise known in the Twitter sphere. Good evening. Hello there. Invited back. Excellent. Well, you didn't disgrace yourself last time, so, you know. No, well, I I was very very worried that I was going to be the Kevin Davis of the podding shed. (laughs) I just slink away with my one cap. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. And despite the fact he is probably needy in a custard tart somewhere in Lisbon as we speak, we are delighted to be joined by Mark25, who is Mark, who is deep undercover and ready for the game. Bom dia. Ah, excellent. Right, um, it's, it's a five-man potting shed, um, which, is, which is a rare occurrence, so let's, um, let's get moving. Um, thanks, as always, for joining us, everyone. Um, Aston Villa. Um, a fairly third gear victory um, on Saturday, which um, saw a clean sheet for the first time in a little while, which was a, a good thing. Um, Oscar and Willian, I thought, were excellent. Um, Fabregas, perhaps a little quieter overall, and the, um, one of the talking points was um, Eden Hazard's muted appearance. Um, Diego Costa was still an absolute menace, if, even if he is apparently in traction or confined to an iron lung in between games, if what we're told by Jose is true. Um, Clayton, you were there kick us off what do you think uh i thought from what i saw uh or what i've seen this season it was that it was probably the most complete performance of the season so far mm. it's hard to tell i mean when i heard the villa team i just thought well that you know, it, it had four defenders and five midfield players and back on the hall so they weren't coming to to have a go at us mm. I, I saw Tony before the game, and we, we both thought oh, it's going to be a long afternoon. But um, I, I thought the most important thing for us is that we scored early. I think yeah. it, scoring early, uh, we, we were we were relaxed. Um, you mentioned William and Oscar. I thought William was outstanding. I thought was, he was as good this week as he was poor the week before. But we'll, we'll come on to that. Mm. Um, Yep, I agree with Sess. I thought he had a quieter game, but watching match of the day, he still managed to ping uh, some fantastic passes, certainly the pass leading up to our third goal. Mm-hmm. Um, our movement, certainly in the second half, was just a joy. I mean, the, the movement up to the second goal was just fantastic, absolutely yeah, yeah. superb. Um, I thought Matic, again, was outstanding. Uh, without sort of having to do too much, I just thought he was he was excellent. Um and I just thought it was a really comprehensive win. And I thought the most encouraging thing was that, that we weren't at our best. Um, mm. We didn't have to be, but I, I just thought very good. Excellent. Yeah, I think um, that was. We, I think we sort of slacked off a little bit in the first half after we scored, and they, whilst they, they got back into or they got into the game, they didn't really create any much of anything dangerous um, that gave Courtois two 
too much to do. Sorry, I'll get the words out in a minute. Um, but yeah, second half, I think it did, we just stepped it up a little bit and looked um, looked pretty much untouchable. And um, they're always one of those teams, despite the fact that we actually have a fairly good record against them at home. Um, they're always one of those teams that I, I feel are going to cause us more problems than they inevitably do. Um, Tone, you were there. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly much on, on board with Clayton there. We did have a chat before the game, and we both... I think we commented on the fact that we wouldn't it be nice just for once to come out of the blocks and really have a flying start against somebody because um, that doesn't tend to be Mourinho's um, sort of trademark way of going about games. It's it's all patient. It's all very calm, um, and it sort of reminds me of the days. You know, we'll go back to the Swansea game. I know we discussed it before, but you get a goal, concede a goal, and you never worry too much. Remember the old days, the Essien team is his first time around. He'd go goal to anything, and we don't worry about that. We'll we'll soon be back in this. Um, mm. But in this particular case with Villa, I was expecting a little bit more from them. I think we've all expected a bit of a tougher game. They gave Liverpool a really good uh, good game uh, um, up at Anfield yeah. the other week. And yeah, then mid, mid-table side, though. Yeah, they suffered a setback against Arsenal, albeit with only half a squad because of um, they had some sort of virus, I gather. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it was, it, 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 the pedestrian was one of the words that sort of sprung to mind, but the whole overall performance, and, and it did get going at times. I mean, the last quarter now, I don't think Villa touched the ball. They really were just so deflated and everything. Got a bit training um, size, didn't it? It, it, it did. And, and, and I guess from an entertainment, entertainment perspective, I mean, people might start thinking, here we go again. You know, it's all, all a bit perfunctory under Mourinho. But then you, if you want to be a winning side, I don't think you can be particularly choosy about that sort of thing. Um, I was impressed with... I, I was less impressed with Matic this time. I think it was one of his more so-so games. I thought he got turned by Cleverly quite a few times, which was mm. um, in itself a statement I never thought I'd ever say about any player being turned <laughs> by Cleverly, to be quite honest. See um, milk turn quicker. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I really have you know, got a, a slight crush going on Fabregas. Um, interesting comments going on about Hazard, you know, con- considering he did have a bit of a, 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 a lower key game than he's had before. I wonder whether he was under instructions at some point, you know, sort of like the Joe Cole, you know, he's almost like if you remember Mourinho, he had sort of a Joe Cole on a bungee lead, you know, and every now and then he'd sort of pull him back. Um, <laughs> and, yes. uh, and I was just wondering, but was that, and it turns out it wasn't, you know, Mourinho himself has been saying that he didn't have a particularly good game, and yet, against Swansea and Pat Nevin on Five Live on the Way Home said he was utterly unplayable. You just couldn't get the guy was in sensation. Mm. And for one he was bad good against City as well. Yeah, I, I mean I guess I it's thought. yeah, again, you just think is it what, are we now in a position where we give a, a a player has one average game. Let's not forget he set up a goal. Um he came very very close to giving Costa his second goal. Who Costa must have missed that pinged pinged cross by Millimeters. It was you know. an eyebrow too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, and 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 then went off and got a massive, you know, huge reception from everybody as he went off. And I'm slightly concerned that there seems to be this undercurrent of people almost looking for reasons to 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 bring Hazard down. So I think that's slightly. I mean, they're all fairly. When you look at the concerns we've had in the past couple of years, these are all really rather nice, <laughs> rather trivial things, aren't they? You know, it's fairly. Um, it's it's fairly minor things to moan about, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah. Mark, I, don't, I, I believe you've been um, you've been in Portugal for a little while, so I don't know how much you managed to catch off the game. But um, your thoughts, if you have any? Well, I, I did actually catch the game, although it was a struggle to get here. Um, word of advice: don't say to the captain on Ryanair, "Fly me to Lisbon." He took me to bloody Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and they're off. Uh, um, yeah. No, I did make it into O'Gillan's Irish pub. Right. In um, Down by the docks. There's always an Irish pub somewhere. Got there a bit early, so I caught the end of Liverpool-Everton. Place was full of Scousers. As ever. So pleasing when Everton scored, because it was the Red Scousers that were mainly in the pub. So the whole place was deflated, and they were left, and left it empty for me to watch the Chelsea game. Oh. Um, but I, I thought we played um, really well. And um, I thought we were entertaining, as I think we've been entertaining all of the season, actually. Nice little interplays, little flicks from Fabregas. Costa, when he's made the third goal, did a little shimmy that made two defenders fall on their backsides, which sort of reminded me of Peter Osgood in his heyday, <laughs> fainting one way and going the other and making defenders fall over. And, and people sort of say, well, maybe we're not playing as well as we could and we're in second gear, third gear. I don't really know how many gears a team's got. But um, I, I think we, we made Villa look ordinary, which means we probably played very well. Hmm. I mean, it has, has to be said, I, I, I must take some of the blame for Villa's decent start to the season because having, I think they finished 15th three seasons on the bounce, so I tip them for relegation. So it's only natural that they are in the top half of the table. Um, but, um, yeah, I think um, the, the, the whole resorting to the gears analogy is one of those things we do as football fans. But given that there's another, you know, potentially 50-odd games ahead of us, um, you know, if we, can, um, if we can stroll through games like that, so be it. You how, know, how many gears does a football team have, though? I mean, if you say we're in second gear, how, how many are there? I think there's got to be six, hasn't there? Six. For, oh, for, me, for me personally, you I, know, I think so. I think it you're thoroughbred be. machine. So it's a car, not a bike, then? Possibly. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's a car, but go on. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just interested. I mean, my car's got seven gears. I don't want to be boastful or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Mine's no, only got six, but I think it's, the analogy's good. Okay. No, I think... Uh, I think um, it's, it's so we point. scored two out of six, then? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Um, it, well, in don't you think the season's getting a bit like last season, though, where... This is the second top of the table sort of clash we've had in a number of weeks and we've strolled through it. And yet when we've played, well, we've only had, I suppose, one mid-table game this season because the first two games there was no table, was against City and we struggled. And, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much how it went last year, wasn't it? We, we dealt with the teams at the top of the table quite easily and we struggled against the lower teams. So I, I don't think last year's problems have gone away, quite frankly. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's fourth gear in facetiousness. Donald, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us what you really thought. <laughs> well, um, for reasons um, that may become obvious if uh, I, if you lose me at any point this evening, um, because uh, at the moment. Uh, we're generating our own power in this house uh, and, and selling onto the national grid. Oh, and see. it was for that reason that I couldn't see the game on Saturday because we had to actually go and buy the hamster on Saturday. <laughs> and as we speak, he's now powering, you know, well, this street at least, if not <laughs> two-thirds of Hackney. Uh, yeah, so I had, to, <laughs> I had to go to the pet shop and buy a hamster on Saturday. <laughs> uh, so I listened to it on the radio. And, um, yeah, apart from some early bits and pieces, you know, where you were sure that they, we were going to sort of let a, a Bondlehor get a run at us or mm. we were going to be found out down the flanks, it, it all sounded, you know, quite a decent performance. And when I saw it on Match of the Day, it, it 
it was similarly so. And mm. yes, I mean, it, everyone says, oh, well, we've only played one decent team this season in City and, you know, we haven't got out of whichever gear we happen to think we're in. But it is, it's still September and the positive thing is is we're taking points from if you if you looked at the fixture list at the beginning of the season you would have said we have to beat burnley first day they'll be well up for it they you know as as often happens mm. we've got to beat leicester well leicester you know have given people a few problems early in the season they may fade away but we played them when they were difficult should we say mm. um and and so all these and everton away we would have had down as a difficult game uh, yeah we, everton's um, never, never that much of a happy i know we conceded 73 goals but we scored 141 <laughs> so you know i it's difficult isn't it you, you, you don't want to be complacent and i certainly am not we, we've got a lot of difficult games ahead but what we have what they have done is they've banked the points that you would have said we should be banking we should be you, you would have yeah. I mean, we'll come on to it later. We, you know, we would have all settled, I think, for a point away to City early in the season, mm. as long as we were winning all the other games, and that's what we've been doing. And um, yeah, Villa could have been a test. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think Lambert's a good manager, and I think they must improve at some point. Yeah. Um, whether I, I don't know if if. Uh, at some point, Roy Keane will obviously morph into Ronnie Drew and start <laughs> get a guitar out and start singing, you know, uh, well, he's various a- well-known Irish uh, yeah. folk songs. But uh, it's, it's the beard that concerns me. The beard it is, but he looks like if you. There is no difference between him and Ronnie Drew in his forties. Now, if, you, if you get an old Dubliners album out, have a look. <laughs> the beard, the beard business that's going on. I swear to God, I expect him to break into the Calpine's Fusiliers at any point. <laughs> have you have you seen the vine that's going round? Where I obviously didn't see it on the on the day where Mourinho did his trick of actually trying to shake hands before the final whistle. Yes, there was, um, there was a bit of a snub going on, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a massive snub, wasn't there? Because basically, he got. One of them was pointing at his watch, and Keane just didn't even look at him. So it, was, it wasn't the the normal thing. But he's a frightening man. He really is. A I heard yeah. a good uh, I heard a good anecdote uh, the other day. I was at uh, some schoolboy trials, and um, there was a guy there who. How, how many did they find guilty? Put <laughs> them. Hey. Hey, hey, sorry, had to be done. And um, there was a guy there who played uh, professional football. You know, in, in the lower leagues, he and he'd been an under twenty-one with uh, the Republic of Ireland, and he said he remembers when he was sort of nineteen or whatever it was, going to—he's retired now—going to a uh, presentation dinner, and they all sat down, and Keane was with the senior squad, and they they were at various other tables, and he said they'd only just got in the place and sat down, and Keane was having a fight with someone. <laughs> it's just him all over you know you sort of think oh maybe that's just the persona but no apparently not (laughs) it's all true he is a scrapper excellent um well just uh, before we kind of go back and ponder city and um various other bits and bobs um just looking at premiership fixtures i mean obviously we're now in the well in the realms of um of three games over over seven or eight days um and that will kind of carry on till about christmas um but we have um our next five premiership games it's three london derbies 
and away to United and Liverpool. So that's a that's a fairly um, that's a fairly tricky run to um, to negotiate. And if we come out of that, you know, a still top and b in the same kind of form, I think um, I think we could be very happy with that. Myself, yeah, but. Yeah, um, I think, uh... Um, only the only concern it's it's obviously been raised and it's been a bit of a talking point um, is is Costa and his fitness. Um, there's there's much talk. Mourinho seems to be suggesting that you know he can he can play once a week and he doesn't really do much in between in in terms of training and whatnot. Um, f- for a man teetering on the edge of, of unfitness and injury, he's certainly looking um, looking fairly formidable. Um, do are we concerned? There's there's maybe not enough goals lurking around without him, or um, or did 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 Saturday prove that wrong? Not at all. I I, I think I, I, I'm more than happy with Remy if if if, if he gets injured. I'm, I'm less happy with Drogba, but I, that's simply for reasons. Is I think I'm you know I, from what I've seen of Drogba so far, it, my fears of it being the equivalent of Terry Henry's return to Arsenal um, just seems mm. to be growing with each game, and it's a nice and sentimental thing. But I just think he's. Uh, you know the Premiership in two years has moved on, and it, as it always does, relentlessly. And I'm not sure he's got what it takes to get back. But with Lloyd Remy, I think you know we've got a, a, a more than capable person there. You know who, who's there to score goals, and it is nice to see other people stepping up and, and have a go. I think you know Fabregas was always at Arsenal. He's always good for a, you know half a dozen or eight goals a season, and and whatever. So mm. uh, and, and looking at Costa, I don't know how much of this is a bit of Mourinho kidology as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I don't. I don't. Sorry to interrupt but I don't know if you saw I've just saw a snippet um, on, on Twitter that apparently he's starting tomorrow night so yeah, the man who starts two games in a week is, is starting appears, tomorrow night appears to be doing so oh ok I think part, part of the problem stemmed from the fact that Mourinho seemed to believe that there was eight days in a week as well didn't someone <laughs> have to put him right he was talking about people playing three games in a week and someone had to say well if you play on the Sunday and you play on the following Sunday, that's, that's another week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always, so, there's always um, a pedant somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> Mourinho also said that if, if Spain didn't call him up for the internationals, that would give him a two-week break where he could achieve 100% fitness. And if that really is true, <clears throat> excuse me, why doesn't Mourinho rest him for a week? Mm. Just give him the one weekend off, and then he will be perfect for the rest of the season. So I, I, don't, I think it's all kidology. Yeah, yeah mm. I suspect it is much a degree of it, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll, have, we'll take a quick look at, um, at Manchester City. Um, an interesting game. I, I still, I, I've never been 100% convinced by Pellegrini. Um, but Do you mean Pellegrino? Pe- yeah, pe- <laughs> Pellegrino. <laughs> as, as, as our lovely Jose insists on calling him. Very mm. <laughs> um, A to his mates. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap fizzy water. Um, I, I still think City are obviously a pretty formidable side, and um, if the season pans out as it is at the moment, I think they're obviously likely to be our most um, our most serious challenger. Um, last season, we we got it pretty much right up there. We restricted them very very well. Branner's got his goal, and and they didn't really offer a, too much by way of. Um, of threat, but I think this time they they would look pretty impressive. And um, obviously, the the moment that um, your man Lampard came off the bench, and several thousand Chelsea fans on Twitter and elsewhere nodded sagely at each other. Went, well, we all know what's coming, don't we? <laughs> and, uh, and lo and behold, it did. Um, I even said that I I, thought I was disappointed with the point. I don't think we played particularly well. 
Um, but the, the substitutions that Mourinho made kind of shifted it all, and, and we got the goal. And I thought we looked we looked reasonably good value. Um, tone. Well, I, I, I was I was um, uh, I was heading back on a TGV during the game. Uh, oh, you were up front, say, weren't you? I was, and but I, I sort of caught up with the a the highlights, and then, and then sat down and watched it on the replay. Or, you know, from having taped it, do we still tape things these days or whatever it is? Um, but so, digitally, yeah, digitally record. That's right? correct. Yes, mm, uh, uh, on so. my on my TiVo box or whatever it is. Um, He's, I'm looking over the top of a pair of tortoise shell horn-rimmed spectacles at, at this moment, as I say it, you know. Um, but I would say that, um, I mean, first and foremost, the, the game itself was never going to live up to the um, fabulous entertainment that Manchester United had provided earlier on. No matter how Sky built it up to Super Sunday, it was comparatively dull in comparison to that utter fantastic goal fest of Sunday football or whatever you want to call it um, but I did think that um, I, 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 overall I thought a point was probably fair I, w- I certainly would have took a point beforehand bearing in mind um, you know the, the strength and depth that the City have got I was absolutely uh, I'm, I'm very enamoured with Diego Costa and his ability to do what Drogba used to be able to do which was um, pretty much um, inf- inflame other players into getting uh, themselves sent off yes yeah. and I think that's something that we've been desperately missing with um, you know Monsieur Torres or whatever um, who's now you know buggered off to pastures new so from that perspective I thought it was and, and, and you always know with Mourinho it's and I don't want to tempt fate here, obviously, and I'm touching wood and everything. But he does not set his teams up to go and get a spanking. Uh, you know, if it's a tough game, he he does seem to have a rather nice philosophy of well, let's not lose first. Yeah, let, let's let's make sure that we get something out of the game, and if we can nab a goal, it, it's not always entertaining, but I do think it it does show some careful planning and some and some strategy and I think you know if you're going to win the premiership and let's face it we should have probably won more premierships than we actually have considering the money and the the, the players we've had but you know we've, we've created our own level of chaos I think that that's the kind of thing I want to see I do want to see someone who's not going in gung-ho and saying well you know let's have a pop at these it's the same things as we used to do against Barcelona when everyone used to criticize us as enemies of football you know, you're really enemies of football. What are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to, we're supposed to turn up. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous, a ridiculous attitude. So I thought it was a hard-earned, well-earned, um, and deserved point. The Frank Lampard thing, unlike most people, or a lot of people I saw on Twitter, I really don't care. We let him go. He's gone off to oh, yeah, no, job somewhere no, else, no. you know. And I think all these, there's a lot of bedwetters out there and a lot of people going, oh, well, you, know, he should, you know, bloody Frank, he should know. But well, of course he shouldn't. He's a fucking City player. Let's get that straight, you know. He did what he's paid to do. Oh, no, absolutely. No, I, I, I don't typically hold it against him. Like, like you say, we've, we've let him go and, and that's that. Um, I, I'm sort of slightly intrigued by the, the mutterings going round that he, he may end up staying for for longer than the initial um the initial loan um it's it, it would you know opinions will be divided on it I, I suspect it would look a little like the intention was always for him to maybe go to city and stay for a season and then new york afterwards if that happens i, I don't know it, it, it will be interesting to see what happens and indeed the reaction um i am personally speaking if he just said look I, you know i feel i've got another year left in the premiership and i'm going to go to manchester city to prove it Fine, you know, it, it's it's entirely up to him. If we don't want him, then he's he's entitled to do whatever he likes. Um, Clayton, your your thoughts on um, on City? Um, like 
most of us, um, I would have taken a point before the game. Mm. Um, at half time, uh, even more because I thought we yeah. were very slow out the blocks, and I, I do know that's what Jose does. He 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 sort of tries to kill the game. Um, City were were very good. They looked very good, um, and the one thing that they do, which they've done to us a lot, um, not so much last season, is kick the living daylights out of us. Mm, and say, and also yeah. what they do is they break it up. Yeah. You can't get a rhythm against City because they will foul. Uh, I thought they the are masters of the tactical. Fantastic. You know, I mean, it, it's the sort of thing, you know, you can admire when it's your team, but, but less so when it's not. Um, I thought we weren't helped in the first half by um, Ramirez and William basically being incapable of finding a blue shirt. <laughs> it was just extraordinary. Um, frustrating. And, and Ramirez w- was hopeless and then made the most fantastic saving clearance. So, um, going back to Matic, it's not a Matic loving, but he was actually huge in that game and I thought he, w- he was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was pleased with the point. Should we have won it? I don't know. You know, people tend to sort of gloss over the fact that uh, Costa hit the post. You know, and, and, and that yeah, was the game true. one. You know, we were one 0 up, and, and that that would have finished it. Yeah. yeah, Frank, I agree with everything on here. Um, he's done. You know, he's a legend. We we sort of talked at length about him. Um, the only thing I would say is that he signed for a New York club, which is half owned by Manchester City. If people didn't yes. think he was going to end up, very there, true. You know that that was just that was naive. That was mm. that was really naive. Um, what are they called the Yankee Doodle shit kickers or something? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very catchy. That's very catchy. Yeah, After that, the way their their parent company plays football. Yeah. yeah the, the the only other thing that I would say um, about that game, um, and Tony alluded to it, is Drogba. Um, mm. The more I see him, the more angry I'm getting in the nicest possible way about why he's here. Um, I love the man. We all do. Um, if you were to come in as a coach, as a forwards coach, fine. But that game, when he came on, I can only assume he came on to defend corners because <laughs> Remy is really, really powerful, really fast, and we needed to would hit him. Would have been a handful, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just maybe we'll talk about it a bit more, but I, I don't really understand it. But bottom line is um, one point there. Yeah, take it. Take That'll it. That'll do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, Mark, I, your your thoughts? Um, actually, on Drogba. Actually, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your take on um, on his return. Um, I'm sort of reserving judgment personally until such time as you know he's had maybe a little bit more time to get himself fit because I don't think he played for a little while. Um, but your, your thoughts on A City and B Drogba? Um, well, City. I was actually at the game. Oh, yes, of course. And um, I was on TV, in fact. Oh, uh, I thank, see. Thank you for tweeting me and emailing me to say, Mark, you, you were spotted and you look very smart and you were singing <laughs> along nicely. But I was um, just on the lower tier, there was this little banner saying, Frank Lampard, 201 goals not out or something. Or along those lines. And then when Frank scored, they pulled up the banner and waved it in the air. And I was the next person along. Oh, right. So I, was, ah. I was in camera view for some time. The other thing that was interesting, down the away end, they're doing some uh, work to build another tier on top. So there are building works going on around the back. And when Chelsea scored, they made this announcement saying that um, due to the building works, all the Chelsea fans are going to have to be kept in after the game. 
As soon as City scored, they announced <laughs> there'll be no need to keep Chelsea fans in and you're free to go. Seriously, I'm not joking. So this is punishment for your team. If, if you go and have the nerve to take the lead against City, they're going to keep you in for half an hour. Which I think's a bit rich. No, Frank, I mean, good luck to Frank. The way he's going to he's going, he's going to score 20 goals this season. I think their um, I think their their all time goal scoring record's only about 150. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's perhaps got his eye on uh, on the bigger prize. But I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't blame you know the, the Frank goal. Um, there was nothing that you could do about it because um, none of our defenders could have foreseen the fact that Frank was going to make a late run into the box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and after all, only, only some have only been defending with him for a decade or so. So wh- why would you expect him? Serious concerns about the right hand side with Ivanovic. Right? Several games this season, it worries me deeply. But that's no, he's playing brilliantly, Ivanovic. He's doing very well. I, I mean, and he's crossing. Uh, his crossing has come on. Yeah, he's defending. He's defending, however. <laughs> well, I'm not blaming him personally, but there's some. I have an issue with this. The, I the, think the fullbacks. I have know. an issue, or I have an edge. <laughs> <laughs> we'll scratch it. We'll scratch it then. Um, um, I, th- I think overall our defence can look a little unbalanced on occasion. Um, I think, as sacrilegious as it is to say it, we, we pondered this um, amongst a couple of us on Saturday. I think JT is, is is struggling a little in terms of pace and getting back. You know, still fantastic. Playing, playing the high line that they are. Yeah, I, I think he's struggling a little bit with it. And I'll be interested to see exactly, you know, where we are in kind of January, February when um, we're, you know, a few months into the season and um, perhaps a little fatigue starts to kick in if he's playing regularly. Um, but I think he's struggling a little bit with it personally. But I'm I'll throw, that, throw it out there. I will show my complete tactical naivety and, you know, inability to understand football since blokes with moustaches and very baggy shorts were playing it. <laughs> but, I mean, Schurler was blamed for, for, for losing Milner. You know, it was a fairly simple one who mm. got behind him. But I, I think you can watch an enormous amount of football with us attacking, with people like Hazard and, and Willian and people like that out wide. And you will never see a midfielder left to handle a guy who is, you know, and let's be fair, Milner was very good that day on his own. We are always double teamed in those situations and you have to overload to, to, to get by. Yet in that occasion, Schurler's out there on his own and Ivanovic is, is you know, tucked right in, you know, practically in Gary Cahill's boots. I don't understand. There, I, I know there is a thinking to that, but I don't understand why it happens time and again. City was an example of it, but I've seen it several times this season, mm. particularly against Everton. I understand that they're probably trying to close up the channels that people can run into the penalty box on and so on, but you're always trusting either Hazard, Scherler, or someone like that to make sort of tackles against tricky players, which, you know, they're going to get caught out because they mm. are... You know, that they can defend, but they are not... You know, you don't see other teams trying to do it one-on-one. I, I don't quite understand it. We seem to... You know, we had Mikel and Matic, two sitting midfield players, and we still had to pull Ivanovic over, leave him on Lampard, and Lampard just ran off him. Meanwhile, Milner had gone round the back of Schurler. It seemed to me to be... If that's how we're going to set up to defend, then it's going to happen a lot. 
something failed there, something broke down, yeah. something didn't communicate. And it's not the first time it's happened this season. I, I just It's a little concerning that against the better teams that might, you know. But do, do, you, do you not think that the, the, at the beginning of the season there was a thought that perhaps we'd start off with Branner at right back and then we'd move Caesar over there and bring Louise in? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would gradually happen. But Branner going forward this year has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year or years preceding, he hasn't been able to cross the ball. Mm-hmm. He's not only crossed the ball, but he's been an ancillary forward. He's been absolutely outstanding, mm-hmm. as you say, yeah. defensively, because perhaps he's spending so much time upfield, he's being exposed. Mm-hmm. And everything is coming down that side, and we are being exposed. And I agree. Um, with what you say about JT, but I thought ironically against Manchester City, I thought he was he was outstanding. I thought he was really good. Um, I but, think we weren't we weren't playing as, as high up. I think yeah. I think at home maybe it's it's going to be more of a, a thing if we are pushing up and, and and going for it more than we are we are away from home. That's where it will um, it will become more of an issue. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah I, mean, I, th- I, I, I thought that. Sorry, John. Karen. No, I think. Um, I'm sort of kind of interested because um, we have Zuma kind of lurking in the background who who is not obviously not going to play as much this season but I do wonder whether um, perhaps away from home we might see him um, oh, sorry at home against lesser teams if we do start pushing on into the latter stages of the Champions League where we'll we'll need JT for the experience whether you will see um, sort of someone like Zuma start to crop up a little bit I can't actually understand why we sent Callas off on loan. I thought when the one game that he played against Liverpool away last year, I thought he was mature. I thought really he was well, outstanding. He? Um, and he was the first guy out the door. Um, <laughs> I, I understand they get experience and, and I think that's great. Um, but I think at centre-half we needed a bit more cover. I, I don't know what others think. No, I agree with you. I, I did wonder why he went out so quickly. But I think um, sending people out on loan to get experience is good. And, and I'm optimistic yeah. that Torres will come back a better player. Yes. <laughs> well, he's, he started to score goals, I believe. Is he, I <laughs> believe he, 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 did, he did indeed score a goal. And um, he did it in, in somewhat quicker time than he managed um, at, his, at his early stages here. But, um, well, we, we, we wait and see. And um, we wish him all the best, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I did. Um, I did. Um, it was sent to me anonymously, so I don't know who actually sent this to me. But there is a, a, a secret recording of the last conversation that uh, Mourinho had with Lampard before he left uh, Stamford Bridge. Uh, I do. I don't know. Are you, are you able to share? Yeah. Please do. Obviously, for obvious reasons, Lampard is, is practicing. His American accent, and and if he's sounding a little bit, you know, like Al Pacino, then I, that's probably because of the tapes he's been listening to. Why Mourinho starts to sound like Robert De Niro, I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea. You know, we're sitting here, you and I, like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face. If I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you, if it's between you and some poor bastard 
whose wife you're going to turn into a widow. Brother, you are going down. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that sums it up absolutely perfectly. Um, We we can close the book on Frank right there. does, um, Jose does have something to say about this. There's a flip side <laughs> to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I got to put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate. Not for a second. Noted. Watch out for the replay, Frank. <laughs> Mind your shins. Indeed. Yes, yeah, so well, apparently that's uh, they didn't part on the best of terms. Right. <laughs> Understandable. It will be, be interesting to see how that one plays out in the future. Um, do, do we have? We obviously have um, the, the visit of um, our old friend Arsene and his young boys on um, on Sunday. Um, last season was was particularly enjoyable I, it, it was not the most um, appropriate of locations but I was actually wandering around First World War battlefields and graves in um, northern Belgium and as, as goals flew in you were re- restricted to a sort of a quiet but respectful fist pump rather than leaping up and down so um, I'm kind of hoping for a, a repeat performance I will actually be at the bridge this Sunday um, they um, they sort of slightly got away with it um, against Spurs and I don't think they look um, terribly convincing I, I'm for some bizarre reason, I'm more confident about Arsenal than I was about Villa, which feels mm. odd and unusual. But um, um, Mark, I presume you're, you're back and you, you'll be there? Subject to Ryanair. <laughs> was always a tricky one. Um, gents, are the rest of us there, Donald? Are you, um, oh, indeed. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll unfortunately, be there. I'm not, um, yeah. not uh, going to be at that many games, I don't think, uh, for at least this side of Christmas. <clears throat> hamsters to attend to. <laughs> no, it's not, no, it's not hamster related. It's more uh, the boys' football related. Ah, Sundays now. So ah, I see. Okay. Well, I, I had a vision of him doing sort of some sort of hamster husbandry kind of course. You know, where he was breeding them and selling them. You know, and and, and that sort of thing, and 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 putting that in front of the club. So I'm quite glad to hear actually that it's really down to the boys' football. Believe me, Tony, hamster breeding is a long way from where I want to be. I've never had a pet in my life. This was this was serious emotional blackmail. Excellent. Um, we shall um, we sh- we shall now ponder Sporting Lisbon, and obviously we are delighted to have Mark um, on the spot in Lisbon. Um, Mark, you just give us a quick um, your, your thoughts on the city. How's the weather? What's it looking like? You see many other blues. Um, a, a situation report, shall we say? Well, it's very lovely here. Um, enjoying a late holiday. Um, I said to my wife before the summer, why don't we try and combine a summer holiday with a game of football? Kill two birds with one stone. Say it's going away, you know, more than once. Anyway, um, a week in Burnley didn't cut it, so I've had to come <laughs> to the city as well. Which is a bit, bit expensive, but I suppose... These things, these things must 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 be done and all that. Got to keep the wife happy. So um, yeah, we arrived Friday. I put the flights out here without even thinking, and then I realised that on the Saturday we were home to Aston Villa, 
but not to worry. A bit of rain on the first day, but the weather is steadily improving, and it's going up one degree per day. And today was 24 degrees, clear blue sky. Oh, and tomorrow is um, 25, clear blue sky, 22 while the game is being played. And I shall be there in my shorts. Excellent. Excellent. We're delighted to hear it. Yeah. Um, the, the custard tarts? They're lovely. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I, there is a place near me back in back at home that does custard tarts, but there's nothing quite like getting a custard tart from its origin. Um, and, and we've eaten quite a lot of pastries and other delicacies, so I'm I'm well stuffed at the moment. Excellent. This is what. Sorry, we're is, is Liz? I, I missed something here. Is Lisbon the home of the custard tart? Then. Well, I couldn't really say that, but Portugal is the home of the custard tart. Is it? Yeah. Well, bit, the, the Portuguese custard tart, I think you'll find, does um, originate from Portugal. <laughs> okay. I was, I was talking about custard tarts in general. I mean, no, no, did the Portuguese custard, take the, the English custard tart and then make it, you know, put a twist in it, or did they originate the concept of putting oh, I, custard in a pastry <laughs> type base? That's what I'm no, after. Um, it's not really a pastry type base. It's not. You mustn't. You mustn't try and get the vision of Greg's out of your mind. <laughs> mm. and the Portuguese custard tart is, is lovely flaked. Um, pastry, yes, with, with burnt. Is that custard. shoe? Is that shoe pastry? No, it's um, puff pastry. I think uh, with a, the, the it's sort of a milfoy with a thousand layers of pastry with the custard, and they burn it on top, so it goes almost black, and it's right. delicious. With a strong coffee, it's perfect. I see. Uh, I on, a, on a vaguely football and Bake Off <laughs> related note, I was listening to Radio Five Live the other night, and I thought. Why on God's green earth is one of those two women off the Great British Bake Off talking about football on Radio 5 Live? Turns out it's Amy Lawrence. She sounds exactly the same as the woman with glasses on the Great British Bake Off. I just thought oh, I'd, right. I'd put that out there. Noted, noted. Um, hmm. just, just quickly, just, uh, just canvassing opinion. <laughs> Clayton, where do you stand on custard tarts? You, you, um, you a well, fan? It's it's funny you should say that. I don't really go for your custard tart at home, but abroad, and I think in Italy and maybe in Spain, they do these little things, which is sort of the, the custard's much runnier, and they are very, very nice. I was I was sort of getting very jealous. I, I really was going to Lisbon, but for all sorts of reasons, couldn't do it. I've never been. Mm. Uh, and it was an away trip I, I would love to do, but um, the food and that, and, and he hasn't even started on sardines yet, which I suspect... <laughs> as well. I would, I so I'm glad after previous pods that he's gone back to his cake analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I think I would, anything with custard is, you know, custard is... Is a good thing. Is a good it's, thing. I think the moment in, in human development, in, in, the, in the long march of civilization where they discovered custard, either mined it or wherever you get it from, I don't know. Um, well, they discovered so, custard wells in that, Portugal. Is it, is it like the Jan Butty mines that Ken Dodge used to speak of? <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, that moment in human history, uh, there's there's very little else to, to compare, in my opinion. It, it's custard up. is just... Fantastic. People don't realise where things come from. I mean, talcum powder mines are, are still dotted all over Europe, you know. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's an absolute fact. Yeah. It really is. And also, in France, they don't have the custard tart as such. They have a thing called a jalousie, which is a, a kind of croissant with the custard in it, usually with an apricot, but sometimes with strawberry. 
Oh, I did, I've yet. Yeah, I've, I've I've had one of those on occasion when I've been on front say <laughs> very, very very pleasant indeed. indeed. Now we we are digressing slightly, <laughs> but it's um, part of our remit, of course, is to entertain I, and inform. Indeed, you know, indeed. And, and you know, we are we are if nothing else showing our, our you know our, our, our it's a good job we're doing some informing I'm enjoying the, 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 the pan-European conversation you know in light of um, uh, Europe's stunning Ryder Cup victory yesterday it, indeed, indeed. Um, um, it's, it's even more enjoyable when you have um, a golf fanatic American boss, I can tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. Did enjoy this morning. Um, now listen, on, on the subject of travel, it brings me seamlessly into a new feature for the podding shed. Whoa, you know, come on. Exactly. Where's the drum roll? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find one, to be perfectly honest. Um, well, a, ja- a jam roll will do. A, ja- a jam roll. Absolutely uh, fine. Um Dan Levine, who, um, who is occasionally of this parish, um, who many of you will know via his, um, his popular Blues Chronicle Twitter feed um, and his appearances on the Podding Shed. Um, this season, um, we will be following his um, often epic journeys across Europe and, and possibly even North London as he follows Chelsea over land and sea via routes that are perhaps less travelled than most. So I will put, in Dan's own words, the first instalment. And they're off. Champions League is always a challenge. The overnight sleeper train from Riga to Moscow for CSKA. The ferry crossed the Bosphorus to Fenerbahce. The 10-mile trek across the desolate lunar-style moorland waste to Old Trafford. There have been a few notable journeys. The surface trips are often the most interesting. I learned so much on a trip from London to Turin. How high the Alps are, how good French chocolate tort is, and how unlike Julie Delpy most trans-European train travellers look. And so to Lisbon. I have opted for a hazardous route going through the badlands where even the brave refuse to roam, on a route where arrival is never a certainty and by a means where bandits are frequently known to part travellers from their belongings. Yes, I am flying by EasyJet from Luton. (laughs) Godspeed, fellow travellers. Together we shall raise a vino verde and a Portuguese custard tart to Jose Avalade and our part in his downfall. Vamos! Now, there will be more for, from Dan's travel diaries next time, if, in, if indeed he makes it back in one piece, which, um, given that write-up, is, is possibly questionable. Um, Sporting Lisbon, um, to, to touch on the game, we, we, heard, um, we heard earlier that um, it sounds like Costa could be starting, um, which, is, which is certainly good news. Um, it's not, I think at this stage we, we wouldn't go as far as calling it a must-win game, but two points dropped against Schalke, it will be comforting, comforting to get a win on board so that we don't find ourselves needing results and or other results to go our way at the end of the group stage. Um, I, I think I'm, again, reasonably confident about this. I'm, I've not really followed a great deal of what um, how Sporting Lisbon's season has started, but I'm, I'm reasonably confident we'll get a result out there. After well, they're, they're, a blip. they're basically, um, they're currently seventh, Right. And they played six games. They've won two and they've drawn four. Uh, and they drew with Porto at the weekend. So there you go. Um, okay, interesting. So I'm, I'm glad someone was paying attention. <laughs> it's, <a good> <laughs> it's obviously a team that are difficult to beat. Um, I, I just I don't know what you guys think, but our our group away games over the last couple of years have just been these sort of I haven't gone to as many as I'd like to have gone, but they just basically been just a roller coaster they've ne- they never really seem to follow form and we always mm. start well and then fade away so i hope hopefully it'll be a strong form so i, I suspect that the only reason costa is playing is because we drew with Schalke at home um you, you, you may well be right there actually that's a good point mm. yeah 
Uh, we we haven't uh, we haven't shone in Portugal or even against Portuguese teams, have we? We've had a fairly mixed few years, I think, against them. Although I think it's mainly Porto we've played. Uh, in. Have we played Sporting in recent no, years? I think no. we have. We seem to play Porto every year, didn't we, for a, yeah. for a time? But then we had two great results against Benfica, Benfica in the yeah. Champions League and and the Europa Cup. So. They've got that. They've got that William Carvalho playing for them. Is, is he yeah. the the tall Carvalho who was playing in the World Cup. Yes, he looks, yeah, he looks good. That's yeah, he's um, he's he's supposedly a, a, a big a big money Premiership target for um, well, sort of everyone apart from United because they're obviously not buying midfielders that win balls and um, and pass anymore. They're just buying tricky goal goal sodden wingers and uh, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, um, he was linked with them, wasn't he, in the summer? But, <laughs> and they said, no, no, we want we want a, a, a young wispy winger. They've also got Nanny playing for them, remember? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was an article about, they've got a guy called Islam Slimani playing, who played for Algeria in the World Cup and he was actually relatively decent. So, mm. I mean, you know, I think all European games away from home are tough. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. the old it's the old cliche, is it? No, no easy games, etc. And, and even home games against four-year-old Bulgarian amateur teams can be tough. <laughs> <as well. laughs> they can prove a little tricky at times. Um, for, some, for some of the less than elite clubs in Europe, but there you go. No, absolutely. Well, I, I believe we're on um, we're on either Sky Sports Five or, or Radio Five, and um, well, you know, any number of snide feeds that we wouldn't condone on. The, the game against Schalke wasn't even on the radio. I, I couldn't even get a radio. Was it not? No. Five Live had uh, had the City game and Talk Radio had the City game. There may have been some obscure outfit somewhere down the the dial, but the two, you know, you'd think they'd split it between them. Radio London. Um, German Radio was broadcasting it, but obviously you, need, you needed the Enigma code for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Then, um, so uh, yes, well, we will we will obviously discuss uh, that and the Arsenal game and um, and whatever else has transpired in between now and then in a fortnight's time. Where we will endeavour to be back in a fortnight because we have been um, <coughs> we have been a, a little lax, shall we say, of uh, of late. And um, to to the gentleman who tweeted asking us if we could be more consistent, you have heard tonight that obviously real life and, and other things get in the way. There are hamsters to buy, and you know. Mm. other stuff going on um, but yeah. we will endeavour to be back in a fortnight's time um, uh, Johnny as, as you agree you, you're right to cover my expenses for this um, <laughs> cycle I, if, you, if, you, if you, you pop the receipts in they will, um, they will end up in the usual place um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will um, we'll move on uh, to um, to something that came up over the weekend and it, it's obviously an ongoing saga that we've spoken about um in the past on the podding shed and I uh, no doubt we will do so a lot in the future as um, as the plot develops um, Chelsea apparently have approached the Rugby Football Union um, about possibly using Twickenham um, at some point in the future um, nothing more has been said about it the, the, the RFU said we've had an inquiry from Chelsea FC but we've not had any discussions of substance um, it does seem that um, it, it's it's yet another piece. It's obviously another part of the saga about either movement from Stamford Bridge or redevelopment of Stamford Bridge. Who knows what it will be? Um, I'd say that there's not really a lot to talk about, but it's it's 
it's sort of an interesting development in the sense that up until now it's been discussions about possible sites to move to. Um, this sort of changes things slightly in the sense that if we're only looking to shift for a, for a season, then um, it, it puts redevelopment of Stamford Bridge on the, uh, on the table, which previously was thought not to be, um, not to be possible. Um, Tone, your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm... Uh, 100% in favour of it if it's the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge, which is what it appears to be. You know, the, we we, mm. we know that um, that Roman has uh, uh, sanctioned this um, this uh, this whole inquiry or, or whatever into the, the feasibility um, of, of you know rebuilding Stamford Bridge. I think we've all seen that it would need to be an oval. Um, I can't see it, in, to, to get the, to the 60 or 65 thousand that they want. It needs to be an oval. I think they've already said that the current ground shape probably wouldn't allow it. Unless mm. he's going to do something with the hotels, but um, and, and I guess that's possible. But they are a revenue stream which is guaranteed, irrespective of the time of year, um, in, in in a sort of very plum part of London. I think for me, it works perfectly well. It's sort of south of where I, you know, come from anyway. So I, I virtually drive almost past Twickenham every time I go up to Stamford Bridge, and um, you know, I'd be it's an I'd 8. be point, eight point eight miles, Tony. From yeah. I, 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 I cannot I, I can't see how um, how it can only be one season irrespective of of what they do it seems to me that one season is optimistic in the extreme and um, I've, uh, to be honest the Twitter feeds I've seen there's been one or two people saying oh you know um, we shouldn't do it well you know the fact is if you're redeveloping the ground what do you want people to do you know um, yeah, it, 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 something has to be done and it, you know, if the diehards out there don't like it well you know fuck them I've had a, you know sick and tired of people saying we should you know we should chain ourselves to the, the existing building and do whatever we can well, here's your chance to do it um, I also think that Ultimately, the rugby fraternity might not like it, but here's one thing that has been overlooked so far: money talks. Oh, oh yeah, uh-huh. most definitely. There's, there's been. Um, I've seen quite a bit on Twitter with, with various sort of rugby types getting up in arms about, and and, and the, um, the, you know, the, the, the snobbery and the prejudice comes comes pouring out of them very, very quickly. Um, but the, the point that those who aren't insulting them have made is that do you really think the RFU, if they have the opportunity to take a, a globally renowned brand if you like um which which will yes. shift a fair few tickets for you know 15 months or whatever it happens to be and take a nice little chunk of that do you really think they're going to say no i doubt it somehow um and the other positive of course is if didier you know extends his contract with us and continues to take free kicks we'll, be, we'll, we'll keep the scoreboard ticking over won't we we might get a point or two uh dear well noted sir well noted um mark your um on on the whole development well i think if we can develop Stamford bridge and i personally think there are lots of opportunities around the ground to expand outwards mm. um it would be great really because you know it is the home of chelsea and staying there would be the ideal. Yeah. And if we can just get it up to a sensible number, like 60,000, that would be perfect. Yeah. You know, talking selfishly, Twickenham isn't ideal for me, but, you know, wherever they're... Pl- I mean, I've managed to get to Lisbon, so if we're playing in Twickenham, I'm sure I can manage that. At <laughs> a push, yeah. Um, um, interestingly, um, I've just put my house on the market because both the kids have moved out now and we don't need such a large house. And we, we are contemplating... Um, renting for a year or two just to see how things go and we were going to do it near Chelsea 
Now, obviously, that would be bloody irritating if I'd signed a lease near Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so we have now expanded our search to the Twickenham area. That's also, I think some, somewhere, somewhere sort of 4.4 4. 4 miles between the two would, um, would be your ideal. Yeah. But, well, um, you're, looking, you're looking at Chiswick unless, or Brentford, if you want to. Yeah, that'd be right. Um, yeah. So we could live with that. Um, it, um, I, I think... The, the, the question it raises, um, and I'm not seeing much reference to it because it's, the, the story is about Twickenham because of the, the quotes that come out of the RFU. But if, if Stamford Bridge is to be redevelop, redeveloped, um, my original understanding was it wouldn't be possible unless land around the, the existing site was acquired. Um, now, I'd, there, I suspect there are folk on this podcast who have far more knowledge about the um the surrounding area than than i do um but do we do we have any idea what is potentially available and um up for purchase should we should we be able to do so i don't i don't know that but i would say that uh, there, there was a change you know in the the local elections the, yes there, there's been a change of of um of council hasn't of council and perhaps I, I, a, lot of it, a lot of it had to do with uh, restrictions on how many people they were going to allow to come out on the Fulham Road under mm. planning guidance and all that sort of stuff. Now, whether or not they're, they're, there's a more sympathetic ear to how you handle those restrictions and so on, combined with maybe building over the, the railway and stuff, I don't know. Um, but certainly that might have triggered some feeling that... that because within the, as, as you say, within the confines of what you've got, it, it's too expensive, really, or mm. has been said to be too expensive. But maybe with options closing down, there, there's well, the, been a, a sort of re, yeah, re-looking I mean, at it. The fear- also, to save congestion on the Fulham Road, I, I'm in favour of keeping the City fans in after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Not an unreasonable point. Well, you see, ne- next time, next time you go up there, they won't just keep you in. They'll probably ship you off to be part of the construction team, you know, as they hurry up to finish all these stadiums for them. <laughs> if it's Shanghai or whatever the, um, mm. the, the northwest of England equivalent is. Yeah. Um, the story, Johnny, in, in the Sunday Times indicated that, that we were buying adjoining land. So exactly what we're buying, I'm not quite sure. Because mm. obviously on the right-hand side, you've got a fairly fixed block of flats. And on the... Left-hand side, if you're sort of looking at the Fulham Road, there's, there's a sort of there's another little mansion block, but yeah, it's it's I, it's not quite clear. But it, I think it's great. I, I, I'm quite surprised because of all the the fuss, um, and I was involved to a very minor degree with the CPO, um, sort of the vote. Yeah. Um, that that Twitter seems to be obsessed with um, Twickenham um, and going there and this that and the other but they, they didn't really no one's really thinking about the excitement of actually staying at Stamford Bridge which I, I think is, is fantastic I mean I, I, mm. I think it's great I mean it's obvious that we couldn't buy the two sites that we wanted which was Battersea and Earl's Court um, but I think that the fact that we're now that it seems there is a genuine chance we're going to stay at Stamford Bridge I think is fantastic I mean Twickenham yeah. good as anywhere else and I think we've got a good chance of uh, Twickenham because I did actually see a tweet that Vince Cable uh, was going to try and sort of oppose it. So on his record, I suspect we're virtually there, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> a very valid point, I would say. Um, I think it's- if um, West Ham announced that they were going to allow us to ground share, 
only as a joke, mind you, but just to wind up the Spurs. <laughs> oh, and again, never, never a bad thing. Um, I think it's a very valid point, actually, Clayton. It, 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 everything did get kind of get overshadowed. I think the way people react to headlines because the the headline was Twickenham. No one really thought about exactly what this um, this might actually mean for you know for our home since um, since 1905. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it would be fantastic. I think the um, something has obviously changed because certainly what what we were told in the past was that you couldn't redevelop Stamford Bridge sufficiently to you know for I think it was any more than about fifty two thousand, and they, the club wanted wanted more than that. So it was it was no sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I mean yeah, go on. You, you were talking about sixty thousand, but do we actually really need sixty thousand? I mean, I, I think fifty, fifty, fifty-five is. I can't, you know. I, I think that's plenty. I really, I, I'm, shout me down, but I think no. 50, I mean, well, I, I've always taken a, the view that if you build it, they will come, and that, and that it's very rare that Stanford Bridge, certainly for Premiership games, is anything less than capacity, unless the opposition haven't taken up their full quota of tickets, and. Um, mm. Uh, By the way, I how think this is Yeah, it was. It was indeed for a three o'clock Saturday kickoff. Um, but yeah. I, I, I think I, I do think that when 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 I've, I've from my experience been going there for what now I don't know ten years on a season ticket, whatever. Um, that you, you, you've got a great amount of people in there. Oh, is it twenty four thousand season tickets or whatever? And, and mm-hmm. obviously, the one thing that probably suffers more is sales on the day or leading up to it. And I, I just think that a club like Chelsea, we we seem to have this uh, group of fans, I'm not specifically saying you, Clayton, but there seems to be a, a feeling amongst fans that we're not as big a club as Arsenal or Spurs. We wouldn't fill a ground like Liverpool. I think that's bollocks. I think we're in a plum... <laughs> a, an absolute... Well, we are. We're in a plum... Yeah, we're in a plum part of London. We have massive global brand, right? Which goes... You know, in terms of in football terms, which goes right across the. You know, we are in one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world, if not the most cosmopolitan city in terms of its um, ethnic or, or cultural uh, makeup. You know, of, of dis- different nationalities. I think if you had sixty thousand, you'd sell those tickets. I, I genuinely think you would sell them for the I majority think, of games. I think it's, it's um, depends on pricing because I think yeah. yes, you'd sell them, but who would you be selling them to? Mm. I think. The, 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 the trick is that this is this is a debate that, that goes on and on and on. When you when you see teams move ground, and obviously Arsenal is is the the main one, and it's while we mock them, I do have Arsenal supporting mates who say you know the atmosphere at times is 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 really not great for the for the sake of your, you know your, your extra match day revenue. The the atmosphere has you know, and the Highbury was let's be honest, hardly the most lively of grounds, or most most of the time. Um, the the match that the, the atmosphere has suffered, um, and what I do, what I don't want, what I really loved about the, you know, it's 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 gone and passed now, so that's it's over. But what I really loved about the, the Battersea Power Station idea was you could end up with something really iconic and really quite different and special. Yes, I don't want you know if if we're going to not dear old Stamford Bridge down, which, you know, as a ground has a lot of character to it. You know, the, the East Stand is, is one thing. All the other, they, they all have their kind of their own sort of identity and it makes something quite special for, for me. And obviously, you know, we're biased. We're Chelsea fans, so we would say that. Um, I don't want it to just get, you know, if we're going to knock it down and, you know, have some sort of faceless 
glass and steel bowl with a bit of an arch to it that holds 60,000 people. I, I think it would be a real tragedy if we're going to have something. Let's have something that looks iconic and looks looks like the Alliance Arena or, or wherever. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, if I mean, if the, the, the Twickenham thing is serious, uh, if they're only talking about season or uh, this can only surely be a redevelopment of, of part of well, the, the ground. No, I agree. It can only be one you, stand. In fact, you're not you're not going to get a ground up in, in a season. No. They're knocking down your stand, Johnny. That's it. Yeah, because he's a very the east. The um, Matthew Harding stand is quite. um, It's quite slim in terms of how far it goes back. Yeah, yeah. And if they could just make that a bit deeper, um, that would be the extra seats. Mm. Uh, One big tier on the um, upper tier going back, you know, twice as far Mm. would do it. Or the east end goes down if they can build back over. If they can come to some agreement of building back over the railway. You can do something with the East End. My other thought was, giving the Machiavellian nature of property and, you know, land deals and so on and so forth, if this wasn't something done to put pressure on some other group of people who have a site that Chelsea are after, you know, that type of wheels within wheels sort of thing. I have no, as usual with anything I say, I have no factual information (laughs) to back that up, but, you know... Mm. It's. I mean, it's. It's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting. Thought. I mean, you know, are, are we are we just talking about? Given that there, there has actually been no indication from it's 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 a um, it's it's guesswork on the part of journalists, as far as I can see, that it's that it's a year. No one's. I don't think anyone's officially said a year or indicated any length of time. So who knows? It may be three. Um, so it, yeah, it will be interesting to see how this one develops because it's it's the first. Suggestion that, that Stamford Bridge is redevelopable rather than um, you know the, the need to move out. So um, we will follow this. Yeah, I was going to say the point that did come up certainly in, in one of the previous ones, and it was may well have been sent around that whole Battersea time or the Earl's Court potential, or whatever. Was that to get the most? The, the, you know, the, the architectural thinking is is that to get the most optimum design for that amount of people, it needs to be an oval. Which right. would mean, which would mean that you're going to have to have some dramatic architecture to encompass what's already there and, and make it into an oval. Whether it's, you know, I don't know how the builders would would, would do it or the architects would do it. Um, and it, so it suggests to me that it's going to be longer than a season. I I can't for the life of me. I, I still can't see the just the addition of another stand adding. You know, we, we are eighteen thousand short. Of, yeah. of the 60,000. So, to me, yeah, that's, that's I, more I, than a tier or two, I think. I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it, it would be redeveloping, a major redevelopment of probably two stands. Mm. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know what the uh, what the club's view is. That, you know, if you're in for a penny, in for a pound kind of thing. If you're doing two stands, why not do the whole lot? Well, but, exactly. Um, but we shall see. Uh, you know, we, we are speculating like pretty much everyone else. So um, we will follow with interest. Um, I think that is pretty much it for this week. Um, I, do, I have to get the public service message in for Nick. Um, you can browse our extensive back catalogue of, um, of episodes with more nonsense like this at www.poddingshed.com. Um, if there is anything you'd like to hear us talk about, do let us know via that website or, or Twitter or via Twitter on Chelsea, at Chelsea Blog or at the Podding Shed. Um, anyone have anything to add? Throw it in now. Um, only that. Um, obviously, we're talking about Twickenham and rugby, but we've actually sounded more and more like a Test match special with our obsession with <laughs> cake for most of the evening. So. <laughs> 
I, 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 I can't. Perhaps a move to Lords is. I'm saying I, I can't yeah. see them letting us into Lords. The only difference is they actually get cake. <laughs> ah, I see. This is very <laughs> true. Um, um, it remains for me to, to thank everyone. Um, Clayton, thank you again for joining us. Um, it was oh, good to see you very back. Much. Yeah, no, thanks very much for asking me. Just, I, I, I know you're running out of time. Um, no, I just no, want to on. say, I don't know if everybody remembers, um, but the Swansea game, um, the applause and the tribute for uh, Dickie Attenborough was was fantastic. Yes. Um, and also, I'm sure there's lots of Swansea fans that listen to this, but they were also very respectful that day, and, and I think that says a lot for them and their club. Yes, yeah. A very good point, actually. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'd, I'd forgotten to go back as far as Swansea, but a valid point well made. Thank you, sir. Um, it was interesting on that point that there was a petition going around about renaming, oh, I can't remember if it was the East or the West Stand. It was East, one of them, yeah. wasn't it? Or was East, it? Yeah, the East Stand. Yeah. And the club, the club have actually said that, um, you know, they're, they're taking their time, but there will be there will be some sort a of... tribute. Yeah, some sort of tr- uh, memorial tribute to him. Um, based not in, um, in no least... Um, Parts of the, to his um, kind of behaviour or, or the things he did during the uh, the, the bad old days of um, Marler Estates, etc. Yeah, and well, it's what he the, did with his with his with his own um, pitch owner share. So yeah, uh, we were uh, used to sell, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he hung on to him, which um, which is. In uh, fact, you just reminded me, Clayton, that I do owe the uh, the Podding Shed listener and my fellow <coughs> shedders here a. Uh, a, a, a deep apology. I uh, erroneously said that um, Dickie Attenborough had played uh, lunatic with glasses uncredited in The Longest Day. Of course, every film buff who listens to this knows that it was actually in A Bridge Too Far. Ah. Ah. I, I, the, the flood of emails and tweets that followed it, <laughs> I was, it was overwhelming, so I just I thought I'd issue that apology. Inundated by the listener. Yes. Um, Mark, thank you for um, thank you for taking uh, time out from uh, a custard tart investigation to uh, to join us. It's much appreciated. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and um, we look forward to hearing um, hearing all about it next time. Um, I think it remains for me to say thank you very much, gents, and good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. night.